This is a Cato Special Podcast. I'm Caleb Brown. The Supreme Court has just agreed to hear a landmark case that could reshape how courts treat the Second Amendment. The key driving force behind the case is Robert A. Levy, a senior fellow in constitutional studies at the Cato Institute. He's also an attorney representing plaintiffs in the case. We spoke shortly after the court agreed to hear the case. Why do you think the government of D.C. appealed this case? I, I think D.C. appealed the case because they don't want to change their, their gun laws. They were under some pressure from anti-gun groups and from other cities actually not to take this case to the Supreme Court because the fear was that if D.C. lost, that it would have implications for other cities across the country, whereas uh, if the D.C. government simply didn't seek Supreme Court review, the implications would probably be localized and affect only Washington, D.C. Of course, that's the very reason why we wanted a Supreme Court review. Even though we won in the appellate court, we're seeking to vindicate this Second Amendment right all across the country, not just uh, in Washington, D.C. Now, to the mayor's credit, despite the blandishments from those who told him not to take the case up to the Supreme Court, he did so because I think he understands that his constituency um, wants him to defend the constitutionality of D.C. gun laws. That's his responsibility, and he certainly shouldn't be responsive to interests in Detroit and Chicago and other cities. His duties and his responsibility are in Washington, D.C. How has interpretation of the Second Amendment changed among legal scholars over the past few decades? From the beginning, there was a recognition that the Second Amendment secured an individual right. That got sort of muddied up in 1939 when there was a challenge to a 1934 federal law that required registration of sawed-off shotguns and sawed-off rifles and silencers. The case was United States v. Miller. It was a 1939 case, and the Supreme Court issued a, a, a muddled opinion that established no really definitive principles and left appellate courts across the country wondering what the Supreme Court thought about the meaning of the Second Amendment. And so there was a series of court cases that effectively misinterpreted the Supreme Court's leanings on the Second Amendment. And these court cases basically said that the Second Amendment only applies to members who are serving in militias and doesn't 
secure an individual right for each and every one of us to have um, firearms for self-defense. That has changed now. It changed uh, beginning in 1989 and accelerating through uh, the current time with an outpouring of scholarship and most importantly from the liberal side of the uh, ideological spectrum. And that scholarship has reaffirmed that there is indeed an individual right to keep and bear arms. It's not limited to militia service. And that was then um, secured by a, an opinion in the Fifth Circuit, which covers Texas, Louisiana, and Mississippi, in a case called United States v. Emerson. And now, of course, the D.C. Circuit uh, in the Parker case. Um, both of those appellate courts have held that there's an individual right, and so now we have a split among the circuits. The interpretation of the U.S. Constitution and of the Second Amendment in particular differs depending on where in the country you happen to be. Usually the Supreme Court doesn't like those situations to persist. Following the first year of the Roberts Court, the decisions that the court made moved in small directions one way or another. Do you have any type of expectation about how the court might find in this case? Well, I think the court could move in small directions no matter which way it rules. Uh, I mean, there are 10 appellate courts that have said there's no individual right. So if the court agrees with that and overturns Parker, uh, one might consider that that's moving in a small direction, since after all, most of the appellate courts have said that to begin with. On the other hand, this is an immensely important issue, not just from a legal perspective, but a political perspective. It's percolating through the courts in the middle of the 08 uh, election. And so when a decision comes down, assuming the court takes the case in, in mid-year of 08, that will have political implications as well. If the court affirms the D.C. Circuit and says that there is an individual right, it could write a very narrow opinion, could confine that to the facts of Washington, D.C. and to the draconian gun laws that exist in Washington, D.C., which, as I mentioned, include an outright ban on all handguns. So there, too, it might be construed that the court is moving in modest uh, incremental uh, steps. I don't think either um, decision on either side would necessarily rule out a, a modest ruling by the court. Robert A. Levy is a senior fellow in constitutional studies at the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. Read more on Cato's take on gun rights at our website, cato.org.